and welcome to the Hibs Observer post-match debrief here on Thursday morning. Uh, myself, Liam Bryce, uh, joined by Patrick McPartland as always to pour over the calls of a 4-1 defeat uh, for Hibs at Celtic Park. Um, only Mick Montgomery's second Premiership defeat since coming in as manager. Both those have come against Celtic and Rangers. Um, Patrick, if you had a bit of time to stew on that result since last night, how do you feel about Obviously, the result, you know, kind of these things, like you don't go to maybe Celtic Park expecting to win, but more so the, the performance from Hibs. What did you make of it overall? Got a lot of feelings about last night's performance. Um, <laughs> sort of mixed mixed bag, really. Um, I think for starters, it's not, it's not a huge surprise um, when you consider the result. Hibs went to Rangers a few weeks back and, you know, were quite comprehensively beaten did the same last night going to Celtic. The same thing happens. Nick Montgomery's talked about this before. The the difference in in finances between the teams, I think, means that you know Celtic and Rangers are always going to have that upper hand. And yes, there's going to be the odd game here and there. We've already seen other teams, um, you know, giving Celtic and Rangers a bit of a game on their own patch so far this season. But I think I mean there were a couple of things that played last night. One I think would have been Celtic's performance at the weekend against St Johnston media. Headlines in the aftermath were full of Brendan Rodgers being angry with first half performance and you know just wanting a reaction. Obviously, they did get the result, but you know that combined with the fact that there were a few maybe fringe players given a start last night, given a chance to impress, you know that that all kind of comes together to to create a, a kind of perfect storm, if you like. Um, you've got players looking to impress. You've got players who don't particularly want to get shouted at um, for the second time in a matter of a matter of days. And, you know, I think I think it's it's not, you know, the result was not a surprise. Um, I think the biggest thing for for Hibs fans these days when, you know, when Hibs go to go to Ibox, go to Celtic Park, it's about the performance and it's about, you know, can they walk away saying, well, you know, we gave 110% um, and we could have done much more. I think there were certainly aspects of, there were aspects of the performance that were good. Um, Nick Montgomery said this and, you know, it's, it's always... It's always easier to, to kind of look back after after sleeping on it and think, you know, yes, there were you know some positives to take from it, and at the same time, you you know, it's, it's worth remembering that you know Hibs are kind of being held together by rust and chewing gum at the moment. Um, when you consider, you know, Jordan Abita wasn't rest, Dylan Venti was on the bench but didn't play. You know, they've got four or five players who are injured at the moment. Um, you know, you're bringing on a 16 year old and a 17 year old uh, as subs, not you know, not really because you want to give them a run out, but just because there aren't really any other options uh, for those positions. And I think that tells you tells you where Hibs are at the moment. And, you know, I think with with the busy festive season coming up, there's a lot of difficult fixtures. Um, and I think for, for Montgomery, it's really just a case of trying to keep the players ticking over and, and make sure that he's not losing anyone else uh, to injury. So, you know, yeah, not really a surprising result. He talked about the manner of the goals conceded, and I would agree with that. I think, you know, certainly the, I mean, the first goal is, it's, it's one of those where, you know, it, it hits Carter Vickers, it could go anywhere. Um, I think, I think David Marshall's probably going to stop it if, if O doesn't get a touch. Um, you know, so that's, that's just one of those goals you can't really do anything about. The second goal, it's poor. Um, Lewis Miller really needs to be closer to Palma on that, that right side. And, you know, you can't, you can't leave someone as, as much of a threat as Matt O'Reilly, like unmarked in the box. Um, and I think, you know, a couple of players not covering themselves in, in glory uh, for that particular goal. Third one, a penalty. 
we could probably talk about this in more detail uh, later on, but I mean, you know, yeah, the rules of the game it is a penalty. You don't often see them given it is soft. I personally didn't see too much different with that penalty that was given last night to the one on Lewis Miller at Dundee, which, you know, wasn't even checked. Um, and, you know, there, there is that big debate if, if that happens in, in Celtic's box and it's a Hibs player, is it is it going to get looked at? Is it is it going to be is it going to be reviewed by the referee? Um, but you know, let's not turn this into another VAR discussion. And then you know, the, the fourth goal is just it's well taken, but I think you know, Will Fish has brushed off the ball too easily. So individual mistakes, um, I think leading leading to uh, you know at least at least three of the goals, um, which is frustrating. It's not what you want to see. Um, and yeah, I think it's it's one of those things. It'll be frustrating for Montgomery because. You know, he's sort of drilled into his team how he wants to play. They've got this identity now that you can see. Um, and, and little things like that. It just feels a bit like for every step they've taken forward, that just takes them a couple of steps back. Um, so I, th- I think, you know, I think there will be will be things to work on on the training ground um, leading into Saturday's game, which we'll talk about later. And, you know, I, I can see maybe a, a couple of changes as well just to kind of try and freshen things up because, you know, it was it was a good performance on Sunday against Aberdeen. Um, and I think you probably have players feeling a bit jaded after that who, you know, maybe put in quite a lot. Obviously, Rory Whitaker on the bench um, last night after playing, you know, more minutes than I think Montgomery was was wanting him to at the weekend. I think he said something about he was going to sub him off and then realising that many subs left. So, it's it, you know, it's, it's about kind of balancing expectations with, you know, keeping the squad ticking over and, and you know, try not to try not to get too many, too many more injuries uh, and like knocks and niggles. Yeah, aye, absolutely. I think the most frustrating thing is, I mean, this is hardly, you know, this isn't the kind of insight that you're all paying for, but it's just <laughs> conceding such an early goal in these games. It's just, it's just the one thing you just don't want to do, um, and it's obviously something that Nick Montgomery, I would imagine, he'd be really stressing before kickoff. You know, don't, don't give them a platform early, and it's not just as a general rule. I just think, you know, we mentioned this last night. I think if you're if you're going to keep Celtic out this season, the, the kind of the effect of not not conceding early has has been massive because there's kind of kind of pattern to games where that they've where they've toiled um, is that is that they don't then get an early goal they find it difficult to get into their stride um, if they're not yeah. you know they're not scoring early. Um, obviously, you've seen it come on like in the League Cup, then they did. Goal straw with St Johnston. Um, they went away to Fur Park, and it was. I know they, there was a kind of there was late drama there, but it was really kind of turgid stuff up until then. Um, Motherwell getting a draw at Celtic Park. You know, it's just not allowing them to to get into their, their stride early. Um, then seems to have a sort of effect on them as the game goes on. They don't seem to get as strong as they would do when they've got that kind of early goal cushion. So it's and it's the manner of it as well. I think you know. Yeah. I think you know you can. If you go to Celtic Park and they've, you know, they carve you open, or somebody, you know, sticks one in the, you know, like they did it, you know, St Johnston at the weekend, Matt O'Reilly's smashed one in for twenty-five yards, unstoppable into the top corner. Uh, if you can see the goal at like that, then you're like, right, okay, well, what can we do? But I think to concede a, a set piece against Celtic, like they're, you know, I don't think they're renowned for being a great set piece team. They don't score. I mean, I could be completely wrong about this, but I don't feel that like they score a lot of goals from corners. Um, I feel I feel like I've even, you know, seen their fans mentioning that over the years. You know, like it's just not something they 
they do an awful lot of. So it was a soft one. You've already touched on the second one as well. I think it's it's clever as well from Matt O'Reilly, as, as poor as it is from, from Hibbs. He kind of finally goes into an area where he's sort of between two players. And I think mm-hmm. when that happens, there's always the possibility that <laughs> neither of them bothers to pick you up because they... You know, then they're then looking at the other guy. Dylan Levitt actually has a look at Matt O'Reilly, and it's as if he decides, you know, he's or Rocky's going to pick him up. And then, um, by the time the cross comes in, it's uh, Rocky does try to get across, but it's he's he's not been alive to it either, and it's too late. Um, we'll skim over the penalty for now because we'll be coming to that next. But the uh, the third goal, it's just a case of I don't think all comes around the blind side of Wellfish, and I don't think. He knows that he's there. I think you can cl- clearly tell, but the, the fact all that it takes is a wee nudge um, to completely um, take him out of the game uh, because he was just he just wasn't set for that at all. So that's the kind of learning point for him. I think you know it's you're kind of you're inclined to maybe excuse the odd mistake from Fish given his age. You know, I, I think the fact that he's you know he's playing every single week, it's easy to forget how young he is and how little kind of first team experience that he, that he really has um, yeah, that's true. and then how good he's he has been really good of late I feel um, so I think you can put that one down just as a learning point from just you know it was just a, maybe a slight lack of awareness sort of preparedness but that's what you know it's it's concentration in these games I think is the real difference um, because you know Celtic will test you will test that side of your game more than any other team in the league because it's constant. It's you're constantly being asked questions. You you really don't have as much there might be other games where, you know, switching off for a wee bit doesn't have much of a um much of a consequence, which is but it's totally different when you're playing against the best team in the league. And you know, as you say, the, the difference in resource um is just massive. Um and it's I find it hard to be too critical of any team who who either go there and not get anything or, you know, kind of ships um, a few goals because it's the golf is just, it's it's kind of unassailable. Um, you, you kind of, I suppose we can come to talk about, you know, that there are teams who have went there and frustrated them um, and have maybe dug out a point. But I just wonder where, you know, kind of, where do you come down on that side of the fence or, you know, sort of the pragmatic approach versus, you know, the fact that Nick Montgomery's trying to build a certain style of play at Hibs. He's trying to implement something that hasn't been there before. The players are still in the process of learning that. So in terms of, you know, you might a better chance of getting a result if you, you know, put 11 men behind the ball. You might you might scrape a draw. You might even scrape a 1-0, even though it's, you know, it's not, I think history tells us, you know, it's still, it's been 13 years since Hibs managed to get a win at Celtic Park. So even the chances, if you do that, you know, you're, the chances of you coming away with a result are still quite slim. Mm. So it's a it's the so I suppose it's the, the balance of you know maybe being more pragmatic, maybe putting more men behind the ball, or is he right to and I'm not saying you know that Hibs were completely you know wide open last night. You know that you could see what they were trying to do defensively as well, but then they did try to be more progressive when they had the ball. So it's just that it's that balance between continuing to to build on what he's done already or, you know, abandoning that for 90 minutes and just setting up for a siege. I just don't know. I'll maybe, you know, come back to myself after, but what is what is more valuable, do you think, you know, trying to play the, the, the Nick Montgomery style of play against a top team or, and maybe, you know, shipping goals as they did or, you know, can do you feel that if 
you're going to Celtic Park, then there should be kind of less less ambition shown and more sort of just right, let's set up and uh, absorb as much pressure as possible. Yeah, it's a it's a kind of no win situation, really, isn't it? If you go to Parkhead, if you go to Ibrox, and you park the bus, you go five four one, you get beaten four 0 Then the reaction is, well, you know, why why didn't you at least have a go? And then if you go to the same venues and you know you try and play out from the back, you play attacking, you play, you know, Nick Montgomery style of football as well, which which can be, you know, it's it's quite cavalier at times, but you know it does have its shortcomings. We've seen that, um, you know, we knew that before he came to Hibs from the games he'd had at Central Coast Mariners. And you know you can still you can still end up losing four 0 like they did at Ibrox four one like they did last night and you know then obviously the the reaction is could you not have been a bit more pragmatic and it's you know there isn't I think there's the the tough thing for for any manager I think is trying to balance you know going to these places and trying to get a result which realistically they they don't really stand much chance of getting um, you know if we just go by finances and the, the gulf and, and quality of the players that are on both teams but I think it's it's worth pointing out that I mean Hibbs went to Celtic Park under Lee Johnson and he sort of changed things up a bit um, I think this was the game where he I think he went for mostly English speaking players in the start in 11 um, for I think for communication reasons I think um, Mikola Kure which was the only sort of non-native English speaker in the starting lineup. And, you know, Hibs were kind of torn to shreds, essentially. It was it was really, you know, it was the it was a really chastening defeat. It was so kind of one-sided and you, you did sort of fear, like, you know, is this going to end up being a cricket score? Um, and then, ironically, the next time he went to Celtic Park, he was more conservative and, you know, Hibs did get a man sent off in the first half. LEU and got two yellows um, and then Hibs took the lead through a, through a penalty. And, you know, Celtic did equalise, I think, early in the second half, and then it wasn't really until the last 10 minutes that, uh, you know, the hips sort of fell to, to a defeat. And you think with, you know, having played more than a half with, with 10 men, that's actually not a bad result. But, you know, it's, there's so much at play. It's, it's how, how on it the home team is. And I think, you know, when, when Hibs went to Ibrox, they were facing a Rangers team under a new manager, and you get that new manager bounce. Um and then you go to Celtic Park, you've got, as we were saying, players who are wanting to try and impress because they don't normally get a start, combined with the fact that there'd been, you know, a sort of an angry Brendan Rogers at the weekend and, you know, wanting to, to avoid a repeat of that. And I mean the, the one thing I would say is that, you know, I was I was looking at the looking at the stats this morning and Hibs had an XG of um what was it? I think it was I think one point six six um from last night's game, which is actually the sort of highest XG they've had, highest expected goals they've had at Celtic Park since um, the 4-2 game back in October 2018, um, which I think was under Neil Neil Lennon. And, you know, so that's, I mean, you know, you look at the expected goals for some of the games, um, you know, 0.08, um, you know, 0.33, 0.38. Like it's, if we're going if we're going on that basis, and, I, you know, obviously a lot of managers are, are very, you know, they, they do spend a lot of time on the stats, they do spend a lot of time on sort of marginal gains, then they'll look at that and say, you know, that shows that we, you know, we did okay in the final third. Um, obviously, you know, Joe Hart's had two good saves from Ellie Yuan. Should he have done better with at least one of them? Yeah, probably. Um, but, you know, it's it's just, you know, you have those games sometimes. You look, look at Aberdeen at Easter Road on Sunday um, and the number of chances they, they had, um, you know, and obviously didn't take them. It's... 
you know, it's it's always there's always the risk of it playing out like that. Um, but I think I think it's worth remembering as well that Montgomery is going to Celtic and Rangers with a, a team that is not it's not made up of his own players. Um, I think you know he's, he's also got a few players out injured, which limits him. Um, he's trying to rest or not rest players, but he's trying to, he's trying to manage players who have maybe played a lot of football. Um, and it's it's very I think it's just very difficult to sort of know what the right approach is. Like, you know, yeah, Pips could have gone part of the bus and, you know, it might have been 1-0 and you think, oh, that's not too bad. But ultimately, you know, a defeat's a defeat. Whether you lose 1-0, whether you lose 4-1. And I think you said it yourself there that with this new identity, this way that he wants them to play, the more they're doing that, the better. And if you're trying to play that way against the top teams in the country, then, you know, surely the logic there is that you, you improve. Because then when you're coming up against lesser teams, then you've got more confidence, you're more experienced, um, you know, you, you can get away with things that you don't get away with against the likes of Celtic and Rangers. I mean, certainly I think some of the some of the defending last night, you know, Hibbs probably, you know, I think it was risky at times on Sunday, some of the defending, I think, and they got away with it because, I mean, Aberdeen's a, a whole different story in itself, but, you know, against teams that maybe lack lack that sort of um, quality and firepower in the final thirds, they're not going to punish you as much as Celtic and Rangers are. Um, so I think I think it's understandable that, you know, why, why would you sort of scrap the way you've been playing for the last, you know, however many uh, weeks, games, just in the hope of possibly getting a result somewhere where you haven't got a result, you know, in the last sort of 13 years. So I think... I think the main thing is just for Montgomery to keep on getting his ideas across to sort of, you know, give the players as many opportunities as possible to, you know, play the way he wants them to play so that when they do come up against other teams who aren't South Good Rangers, they are able to get three points rather than one point or one point rather than, than no points. It's, you know, it's, for example, like, Hibs will be expected to go to Livingston at the weekend and get a result. You know, they're expected to, you know, host Kilmarnock at Easter Road and, you know, get three points. I don't, you know, there's not the same when you go to Celtic and Rangers. And I think the biggest problem for Hibs in the past, certainly in the past few years, has been not winning the games that they really should be winning. And, you know, if you can, if you're winning most of the games that you should be winning, then, yeah, I mean, I think Lee Johnson used to refer to the, the sort of games against Celtic and Rangers as like bonus points or something like that. And I don't, I don't think Montgomery thinks the same way. I mean, we know he doesn't. He's, he said that. He doesn't treat them as free hits. Um, but it, it, I think it's interesting because he, he does seem to use them as as kind of learning curves for the players. Um, and I think he would be more, you know, he'd, he'd be more sort of like disappointed if they didn't play the way that they can do. I mean, you, you think when they went to, when they went to Ibrox, it, was, it wasn't a great performance. It's probably their, probably one of their worst, worst performances under Montgomery. And you could tell that he was, you know, he was a, he was disappointed by that. He was annoyed that, you know, they'd sort of given up the game plan or they'd given up the style of play, and you know, it's just kind of given Rangers free reign. I thought there was less, there was less of that last night. There was less of that against Celtic, and that's, mm-hmm. you know, for from from his point of view, that's that's the positive. That's the good thing. Um, you know, I mean, there's been other Hibs teams have gone to Celtic and have played worse than that, and have lost by you know a much smaller margin. You know, it's just, it's, yeah, it's such a cliche, but it's football, isn't it? It's, uh, you know, it's it's just one of those things. Um, you know, you even look back at the, the game at the weekend, 
you know, I've I've watched that game back so many times. I've written about it, and I think how how did Aberdeen not win that? Never mind not score a goal. I mean, obviously the answer is David Marshall was an inspired form, and you know, Aberdeen are a bit of a I don't know. <laughs> A funny club at the moment. Um, on another day, that game could have finished, you know, five three to Aberdeen, something like that. Um, so there is there is that element of you know it's, it's just the way football goes. Um, but you know, with Montgomery talking about taking the positives, you look at it and think, I you got beaten four one, but you know they've tried to play the, the way he wants them to play. They've got a goal out of that as well. Um, and if you take away the individual errors from the defence, you know it's it's probably it's probably a closer game than it looks. And I know it's I know it's daft saying if you take away the individual errors, you know, it's like, yeah, uh-huh, if my auntie had wheels, et cetera, et cetera. But I think, you know, the good thing for Montgomery is that if he can then say, right, these are the mistakes that we need to stamp out, everything else is kind of, you know, progressing well, it's going to plan, then, you know, that's that's obviously a good thing. And then you've got the January transfer window around the corner. You can look to bring in, <clears throat> excuse me, look to bring in a couple of bodies where you need them. You're getting players back from injury. Um, and, you know, I think things start to look a bit healthier. So, yeah, I, th- I think it's, I don't even criticise Montgomery for, you know, going to, for going to Celtic Park and playing the same way. I mean, it's not that long ago since he played exactly the same way against the Easter Road and got an elbow drop. Um, so you think he's perfectly within his rights to to go and, mm-hmm. you know, try, try the same thing again. Um, I think, I think at the moment, you know, given the way Hibs were playing at the start of the season before Montgomery came in, I think it's just, I think it's just really important that the the players sort of keep on following the, the you know the methodology, the philosophy, whatever you want to call it, and just become the kind of team that can kind of do to the other teams what Celtic and Rangers do to the rest of the league most of the time, which is, you know, just go out, play their game, get a fairly routine result, you know, job done, three points, you know, up the road. And I think I think we are starting to see signs of that. You know, when you think about the Aberdeen game, okay, yeah, they won ugly. Um, can maybe argue they also, you know, won ugly against uh, Kilmarnock before the international break, and then Dundee at Dens Park. But you know, these are the games that they should be winning. These are the games that they have to win. If they've got designs on finishing best of the rest, then you know, you have to be picking up points as much as possible. And I would imagine that's probably what Nick Montgomery's focused on at the moment. Yeah, I I think I would agree. Like, you know, I think those types of players will learn more um, from that last night than if they just you know put eleven men behind the ball and just tried to you know suffer it out. Um, almost, you know, I, I know, you know, I know the counter the counter to that would be you know you know this isn't youth football. It's not about learning. It's about it's about getting results. But I think you know if you're if you you want to get behind a manager who wants to completely change the style um, of play, who wants to implement something that's more kind of progressive and attacking, I think you you kind of need to I think be prepared for a bit of pain um, along that process. If you know, it's, there's a lot of kind of, and I know there are reasons for it, but the, you know the Scottish Premiership is in terms of. You know, thinking it's one of the, you know there's a lot of short term thinking goes on. I think in the Scottish Premiership, I think it's why you see, and that you know that the reasons are for it. You know, you're never a few more than a few bad results from getting dragged into the the bottom end of the table a lot of the time. And I can yeah. see, you know, that obviously there's there can be financial implications for that for clubs. Um, you know, nobody wants to drop out of the league because it can be absolutely disastrous. And you know, a lot of clubs take the viewpoint that you know there's no <laughs> we don't, simply don't have time for you know, 
trusting trusting the process, as people say these days, you know, the results are come above all else. But I think I think there comes a point where if you want to kind of take your club and your team to the next level, then you need to you need to keep complete trust in the way um, that your manager is wanting you to play, especially a manager who's come in and has shown that he can get more out of players that are already here. You know, this is a guy who hasn't brought in any of his, his own players so far. He's shown enough, I think, to you know, for there to be a you know a certain degree of trust that he should be allowed to stick with us um, in every game, in the hope that in the long term it produces better results, more consistent results um, than Hibs have enjoyed in the recent in the recent past. You know, because I know like you know. You know, there maybe you know, you've got like the Hibs, Hearts, Aberdeen, who all have designs on being the third best team in the country, and it's a kind of you know the third force, you know the best of the rest. It's, the, it's these phrases that kind of get bandied about quite, uh, you know, frequently and quite loosely. And but that just that doesn't happen overnight. You know, it's yeah, it's you need to, there needs to be a path to get into that. You know, it's not just a case of. I know, like, you can maybe look at it and people think, you know, well, Aberdeen aren't that good this season. Hearts have, I know they've had some decent results recently, but they're not exactly setting the header alight. And then, and I'm sure they'd be looking at it, the fans of those clubs would be looking at it the exact same way in terms of Hibs and thinking, you know, oh, we, we should be the third best. We should be consistently the third best. And everybody thinks that their team um, should be op- occupying that position. But I think, you know, to really cement that, you need to undertake a sort of long-term process, um, and which is why I think, as I come back to my original point, that Hibs, those Hibs players will learn more from playing that way against the best team in the country than they would just setting up for a siege. Because you said it to yourself, you know, it doesn't mean it doesn't matter if you get beat one 0 or you get beat four 0 you still come away um, with zero points. Um, yeah. But at least from that last night, I mean, I'm not excusing the, the mistakes. It's you know, st- stuff. There is stuff there that needs to be better. There's no. There's no doubt about that. I'm not trying to, you know, wash away everything that was wrong with the performance, but I'm just thinking of the, the general principle and the maybe thinking long term here instead of just week to week, result to result. I think if you want to to be better long term, then I think you maybe need to accept that if you're going to that doing sorry that doing that will involve going to places like Ibrox and Celtic Park and trying to impose your your game. As well, you know, it's 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 a really hard ask. It is it's, it's extremely hard, maybe post potentially impossible now um, with the you know the golf and resources and finances. But I think if you have designs on being the best of the rest, because let's face it, that you know, unless you know the richest men in the world uh, all come together and say, right, we're each going to buy a Scottish Premiership club. How is that gap ever going to close now? It's it seems the horse has kind of bolted there. Um and you know that's a whole kind of wider discussion about the, the future of Scottish football. But I just think if you've if you've got kind of ambitions to be um consistently the third best, you need to put a, a plan in place that's going to take you there instead of just worrying about results week to week. And I think it sort of it justifies for me, I would rather see um if it was my team just trying to stick to their principles no matter what the, the situation is because it's the only way Hibs are going to, I think, get there in terms of this this way that Montgomery wants to play. You kind of need to accept that there'll be a bit of pain along the way. And I think it's just, as I say, there'll be guys who will, will have learned, you know, there's still some really young players in that team who will have learned more from that than, you know, just sharing the ball up the park 
for 90 minutes last night and maybe getting a point, but what does that do in the in the long term? That's certainly the way I would look at it. Um, yeah, of course. I mean, it's, you know, it's, we've said this before, we've said it repeatedly, we've said it after other games that, you know, it's... I think the good thing about Montgomery's football at the moment is that no matter whether the opposition is, um, you know, Celtic or whether it's Ross County, Kilmarnock, Hibs are playing the same way. And, you know, that, that's got to be... It's got to be better for the players to be playing the same way that you know, week in, week out, this is what's expected of me. If you come into the starting lineup, then you know what's expected of you. You know that you're going to be playing, you know, a certain type of role. Whereas, you know, it was, I mean, I know a lot of people used to, there were a lot of, a lot of biting references to like, you know, Tombolas and Bingo uh, last season. And it did look like that at times, you know, when, you know, you play a certain, you'd see them play in a certain way one week. And then the next game it'd be sort of all changed to be like four or five you know, different four or five different players in there and and you know it would look disjointed and you think, well, yeah, no wonder, because you know, they're not being allowed to, to sort of stick to a stick to a way of playing. There was no no discernible identity, there was no kind of recognizable way of playing. There was no like, oh yeah, that's that's how hips play under Lee Johnson. It was and you know, I, I appreciate that there were a lot of you know, he had to contend with a lot of injuries. Um, you know, certainly in key positions as well. Doesn't have Martin Boyle for half the season. Um, you know, it's obviously doesn't have Kevin Nisbet for half the season. There's lots of, you know, lots of like ifs and buts. But, you know, I think with the, the team at the moment, I mean, they do, they play the sort of base 4-4-2. Sometimes that'll change. It looks like more of a 4-4-1-1 or it looks like the kind of box formation um, in midfield. But, you know, you know that whoever is going to be playing uh, you know, from the start, it's going to know what's required of them. They're going to play the same way as, you know, the other boy did the previous game in that position. And, you know, it's, you, you said it yourself, it's about consistency. So you think you play that way against Celtic, you take the good points, you look at the bad points, you go to Livingston at the weekend and you think, right, same again, but cut out the mistakes. And, you know, we play this way, then we should, you know, we should get a result. I mean, it's Montgomery's come in and, you know, he's had two defeats in the league, one to Celtic, one to Rangers. I think, you know, yeah, there's been draws that shouldn't have been draws, absolutely. Um, you know, we don't need to list them. We've been through them before. Um, but he knows that. And, you know, the players know that. Um, you know, they've been the kind of most most brutal of sucker punches, I think, especially away at, um, you know, St Mirren in midweek. Um, you know, the game against Dundee, Easter Road, where they, you know, kind of pummeled them. But, you know, remains goalless. Um, and obviously his first game at, at Kilmarnock, you know, 2-0 up, you draw 2-2. Two, two. Um, you know, but there's been there's been plenty of good signs from the way that Montgomery wants them to play. You know, there is that identity. You, you can see it um, when they play, no matter who they're playing. And I think that's got to be, that sort of consistency has got to be, like, you know, a big positive for, you know, the players, for the fans, for the coaching staff. And that's, that's only going to get better. You know, they're only going to get more consistent and, you know, if they can cut out the mistakes, get a few players back from injury, maybe supplement the squad with, you know, one, two, three signings in January, then there is no reason why they can sort of, you know, make a real push, um, you know, for the best of the rest, provided they can, you know, just keep playing their own brand of football and make sure they're getting the results against the teams that they realistically have more of a chance of getting results against. Um, and then obviously when they're playing the likes of Celtic and Rangers, if they can, you know, get a bit closer to them uh, at Easter Road, 
play you know play their own their own game in front of their own fans like they did against Celtic uh, in October, and you know just yeah keep keep it keep it going when you're you're away from home in Glasgow and you know just take the benefits and as you say accept there's going to be a little pain along the way but ultimately you know it's it's all going to help in the long run and you know ideally you get to a place where you know Hibs are finishing kind of best of the rest they're getting into Europe. With that comes, you know, greater financial rewards, which allows them to, you know, put a better product in the park, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, that's that's the goal. That's the aim. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think, I would say it's still probably early days in Montgomery's reign because, you know, he hasn't, you know, he hasn't sort of really taken charge of that many games, um, you know, broadly speaking. And, you know, I still think there's a lot more to come from this team. I think there's a lot more to come from him. Um, I would say he's probably learning along the way as well as the players. So yeah, I think there is there's cause for there's certainly cause for optimism, um, and I think things are things are going in the right direction. And it is just about you know giving giving a manager time, um, you know, to get his ideas across for the players to be able to play the way he wants to. And you know we're, we are starting to see more of that. Um, and you know throughout this month it is busy. There's some tough tough away games, but you know I think we we will learn a, a lot more about Hibs and Montgomery over the over the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Just to, I mean, I'm not saying that you know doing it this way is a guarantee of long term success down the line, but I think it it makes it more likely um, if you're you're sticking to what you're you're doing. You know, ninety nine percent of the otherwise, you know, instead of you know, because I think you know for for players as well, it's the sort of trust element. It's you know they spend you know four or five days a week drilling how to play this way, and then you know the manager putting trust in players to take the ball, to be brave on it. Um, but then suddenly it comes to one fixture and then to then rip that up and then some players could take that as, well, actually maybe you don't trust us to do it. Again, yeah. you, know, you don't trust us to do it against certain teams. I think it, it builds it builds more buy-in long-term if the manager is saying to players, you know, I, I, I trust you to play this way against a team that you know are superior, who have, you know, who have better players, they'll get more money. I just think from that side of it, it's it's just there's more long term thinking to it. But I think you can still you can still obviously be critical of elements, you know, within the game um, yeah, itself. Whilst whilst also you know kind of agreeing with the what the long term thinking is. Um, and we've obviously you know we've looked at the goals, you know how kind of preventable and avoidable they were, and you know you you kind of wonder if that is is in a way is it is, what is more frustrating, you know, just you know. Um, being completely ripped apart, and you know, it's kind of looking as an error of, you know, your system in execution um, that just you know doesn't work, or is it more frustrating? Like, well, probably is more frustrating. I think to to lose soft goals um, the way they did. Uh, but speaking of frustration, will we will we touch on the penalty incident um, because it's briefly, briefly, briefly. Yeah, I mean, it, we've kind of had too many of these. Um, to discuss, I think, um, this season. It's just, I mean, it probably doesn't change the, you know, it's not going to change the outcome of the, the game. I don't think, I don't think Hibs were going to come back from, from two goals down. But I think that the third goal, it kills it, doesn't it? It sort of kills it as a contest. Um, yeah, yeah, of course. And it's, I don't know, but you, I mean, you kind of alluded to it earlier, but I, I think it was a wee bit, I think it was a bit soft. I, I can see maybe why it's given, but, you know, it's 
the whole kind of thing about VAR is with incidents like this, you know, you know, offside is kind of subjective. You're either on or you're off. You know, that's it. But with ones like this, is it is it not supposed to be? You know, has the referee made a clear and obvious error and not not given a penalty? And is it to me? Could you really argue that that John Beaton totally blundered by not awarding a penalty straight away? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think so. To be honest, I mean, the thing that gets me is that the number of times where, if you consider like what football is all about, like so much of football pre-VAR is about the element of chance. Like, you know, does that shot hit the inside of the post and come out? Does it hit the inside of the post and go in? You know, do you get that penalty? Do you get that marginal offside call? Like, you know, football. I've said this before. I will, you know, die on this hill. Football is not meant to be sport. It's not meant to be perfect. You cannot make sport perfect. That's you know that's why we love it. There's there's no you know you can't just you can't just sort of say you know what right this is good but we're going to make it perfect. And by doing that, we're just going to you know pause games for like upwards of five minutes while we decide was he a wee bit offside? Was it a penalty? Did he leave his leg in? And it's it's just uh it kind of, especially with goals as well, you know, it kills that sort of feeling you get from from celebrating a goal, you know, that you kind of, you're punching the air, you're hugging your, your pals, you're falling down a few rows depending on who the opposition is and when the goal scored. And then you have to stand around for the best part of five minutes while, you know, they decide actually was there a wee bit of an infringement. And, you know, it, it really takes away something from the enjoyment of football, um, which, you know, I think is why you could sort of go down the leagues, you're starting to see you know, quite big attendances at local games because, you know, there is no VAR and it's more enjoyable because, you know, mad things can happen and they just have to deal with it and get on with it. You know, there's not going to be this sort of pause while people sort of like, you know, look at it from every single angle and try and, you know, ascertain if there was, you know, something illegal going on or whatever. The penalty last night, is it a penalty? Yes, it probably is. And, you know, if we go by the rules, but the thing for me was, you know, Johnston didn't claim for it, which I think is always interesting. And there seems to be some suggestion. Hmm? I said that is always quite telling, I think. Yeah, and I think there was some suggestion afterwards that, you know, he'd even said to the, the Hibs players that he didn't he didn't think it was a foul, which, you know, kind of tells its own story as well. And, like, I think the number of times that referees are called to look at something at VAR, I can only really recall one time where the referee went with his... Like initial, initial kind of um, you know judgment. Yeah, and I, you know I don't know whether this is because you know referees are really keen for VAR to be you know seen as a good thing, but you know it comes down to like you know I've said this from the start. It's you know it's not like it's not some sort of like hip like you know hip hip computer program that's making the decisions. It's another human being. You know, and okay, yeah, the you know the referee, the on-field referee can go and look at it if he's you know instructed to by you know VAR. But then you know if the VAR looks at it, they can get it wrong. But then if they're telling the on-field referee to go and have a look at it, then that's going to be sown seeds of doubt in his mind, which is probably why you know a lot of the time they go and view it and they say, oh, actually, you know what, yeah, is. But you know, you say it yourself; it's it's this clear and obvious, like it's. We're starting to see it being used more and more for things that are not clear and obvious, and it's you know clear and obvious from the amount of time it's taken to make the decision that it isn't clear and obvious. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's we said yeah, I said this earlier. I didn't really think it was vastly different to you know the shout that Hibs had against Dundee 
um, I think it was uh, Bakayoko and Lewis Miller, didn't look remotely different to the, the challenge last night. And the one at Dens Park doesn't get looked at, doesn't go to VAR. The one last night does. So, you know, you're then at the mercy of whoever's on, you know, video assistant referee duty saying, actually, you know what, you should have a look at that. Yeah, I mean, would it have been would it have been the same story if, it, if that had been the other end last night? Who knows? Maybe, maybe not. Mm, but probably you know, not. It's, it's, you know, we've said this before. Like, it's it's not it's it's not a flawless system. You've still got the same people making judgment calls on these things, and there's no guarantee that they're going to get it right. Even you know, even with sort of like all the angles in the world and stuff like that, it's supposed to be it's supposed to be clear and obvious. If it's not clear and obvious, then you know. <sighs> Surely you give the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I would agree. You know, you, you make a good point that you know it's it's not gonna it's not probably gonna change the outcome of the game if it's not given. But you know, Hibbs did start the second half, you know, fairly brightly, and you know the time the timing of the penalty just completely takes the wind out of the sails. Um, you know, they concede the fourth not long after, um, and then you know they do get a consolation, but it's. You know, but we get we got told that VAR was being brought in to sort of you know limit the number of decisions that referees were getting wrong, but mm-hmm. it, it just feels a little bit like you know, is it, like VAR for VAR's sake almost. Yeah, and I just VAR stat padding. Almost. Yeah, essentially, <laughs> it's, it's uh-huh. sort of, I, I don't. I just don't see how it makes the game better. Whether it's for you know offsides, whether it's for marginal penalty calls, and you know all this chat about them bringing it in for things like corners and, and yellow cards and free kicks. You just think save us from this. Honestly. No, no, it makes you despair, doesn't it? It's... I mean, goal line technology for did the ball cross the line or not? I'm totally fine with. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, you know, no different to things like Hawkeye and in, in, in cricket, tennis, whatever. You know, that's fine, but I just think this this sort of you know the, the referee, the on field referee is there in the moment. He sees something in real time. He makes a decision, and then he's been told to have a look at it. And that's obviously going to be sort of saying to him, "Have a look at it," because I think you've made a mistake. And then that you know you start doubting it, and then it's yeah, it's, you're not you're not getting anywhere with that. It's not it's not making it a better spectacle. So you know, I mean, last night, yes, it's probably a penalty. Is it soft? Absolutely. Have Hibs had similar shouts this season under Nick Montgomery that haven't been looked at? Yes. Is that a bit weird? Yes. Um, you know, I just I'm I know you're the same, just kind of bored of kind of discussing the ins and outs of why a penalty was given, why it was looked at for so long, etc. 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 Um and it is it is hard to disagree with Nick Montgomery when he says there have been Lots of instances for for Hibs where it's not been looked at, and you think, well, you know, why is that? Like, why if it's if it's to do with like the rules of the game, then there have been instances that should have been looked at, and if they've not, then you know it'd be really helpful if you know somebody from the referees the referees could come out and say why. Yeah, but I don't think, unfortunately, I don't think we're ever going to get that, which is you know a shame because it, it might help us you know have a greater understanding of, of why certain decisions are made, but. You know, it's not going to happen, so we just have to just kind of have to um, have to live with it, I guess. Yeah, we've created a monster. I think. Um, I think you said it yourself. I think the the key thing was that Alistair Johnson doesn't really look for it, and I yeah. think that we've all you know we've all played football to some level, uh, and 
if you've been fouled, you know you've been you know when you've been fouled, and it's obviously his teammates are going to claim for it because you see your teammate going down in the box. You know it's natural, but you know he doesn't even look at the referee, Alistair Johnston, and it's not like you know it's not like he was too shy to to claim for it. You know I've kind of been in press conferences where he's speaking, and he's not. He's not an introvert um, at all. So he's, if he'd been fouled, I think he would. Um, you would have seen him claiming for that. Um, I do think it was a wee bit harsh on Hibbs, and just this one of those ones as well, where the, the, the slow down replay makes it look a bit different from how it actually uh, transpired in that split second. But you know, I, I do. It's just it's not like I don't think it would have changed the outcome um, of the game overall. Um, so moving away from that. Consistently painful subject, <laughs> and not just for him, just for every every team in the, the as it's <laughs> never, absolutely never. Um, so, a kind of change of you know uh, emphasis for this weekend. Um, I'm just going to wait at Livingston. It's it's a one you know that's very much going to be expected to uh, to go there and take three points, isn't it? It is, yeah, um, and I think the interesting thing or the, the kind of warning for him is looking at Kilmarnock last night who went to Aberdeen in what could be described as uh, woeful vein of form on the road and um, as we know got a 1-0 win so I think you know if you look at how Livingston are getting on this season um, obviously they had that result against Hibs earlier on in the campaign that essentially spelled the end for Lee Johnson um, you know I don't think it's by any means uh, a sure thing um, it is it can be a really tough place for teams to go. Um, I'm not going to talk about the pitch too much because um, you know otherwise we'll be here for ages. But you know that can that can be a bit of a, a kind of leveler at times. Um, you know, Livingston obviously showed against Hibs early the season that they you know they they've got they've got goals in them. They're you know not a bad team, but you know they've been they've been in a bit of a sort of funny kind of vein of form. Um, but you know things like this always come to an end, and somehow. Nine times out of ten, it seems to be Hibs that it happens against. So, you know, it's it's there's a lot of uh, it's 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 a potential banana skin if you can have banana skin in the league and not the cup. Uh, but I've got to go with that. I think it's I think it's the kind of game where if Hibs play to the best of themselves and don't make any silly mistakes, then you know they sh- they should leave uh, they should leave West Lothian with the three points, um, which I think would also tell us a bit more about. You know this team under Montgomery, like you know, if they are, if they are serious about you know that best of the rest spot, European football, getting up there, um, you know, third, fourth, etc. Then you know you need to be going to places like this, and you need to be putting in a performance, and you need to be getting the three points. Whether that's an ugly performance or whether it's a swashbuckling performance that has everyone sort of burning because it's that good, and you know, liquid football, etc., etc. It doesn't really matter. I think they just. I think it's important that they get, you know, the three points um, after last night's game. I think it's important that they kind of get back to um, get back to this kind of morale, a morale boosting result. And you know, I think three points at uh, the Tony Mac Arena would be the the best place to, or the, you know, the best the best possible thing they can do to try and you know get back on the back on the horse after last night and with you know a, a couple more kind of tough away games to to come this uh, this month. Yeah, it's that that's this time of year, isn't it? It can become it can become a slog. Um I know I've just spent, you know, half of this 
uh, discussion going on about you know not sacrificing principles and sticking to your um, long term vision. But I think you know if we can isolate it a wee bit, you know this can I see December period where it's just game after game after game. I think you know you know Hibs will try and go out and play their their football, um, but I think it's you know at this time of year when there's so many games, it is always slightly more excusable if you can pick up the three points without you know necessarily showing your absolute best. And I think. Kind of Saturday is, you know, it's one of those games. It's, you, I feel like you kind of rarely see um, great games on these plastic pitches at times. It can, can turn into a bit of a slog. Um, we'd probably be wary of Livingston. You think you always, should always be wary of a team who have found themselves in a rut because, you, yeah. you know, <laughs> the law of averages dictates that they're going to pull themselves out at, at some point. Um, but, you know, I think they are a side that are clearly, you know, they are clearly struggling. I think a lot of the things that, um, you saw that made this Livingston team effective for kind of, able to punch above their weight for so long in the league um, under David Martindale. You're, you're now not seeing those things. Um, so as you know, it's one you've got to fancy uh, Hibs to take three points from, and it would kind of tee things up nicely again um, going into as you say. You know, it's just a con- it's just constant games um, uh, at the moment, running up to Christmas and into the new year. Um, but I think we'll leave it there for today. I think we've covered just about everything um, we possibly can in terms of last night um, and then also obviously looking ahead to the weekend. Um, so as always, just thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we'll be back after the game on Saturday um, to pick that apart um, as Hibs head down. Short journey down to Livingston um, in search of another three points. Uh, thanks very much as always for joining us. Thank you.